Okay. Uh, so we were in the middle of talking about the halachas of the nine days. And we had described how, uh, just, you know, one word of note, there's a lot of material to get to because we have to finish up the nine days and get through Tishabov. So if most questions should, could just be held for the end or for, if it's an individualized question for um, that individual, that would probably be helpful in making sure we get to everything. Okay, so we described how there is, uh, there's a halacha that one has to have a mute simcha, less, uh, less simcha, less, less um, happy things, um, decorating, renovating, those kinds of things we do not do during the nine days. There is a prohibition of eating meat and wine during the weekdays of the nine days, barring uh, a simcha or other significant event like that. And I believe we are up to the Isser of Rechitza. You didn't do that, right, baby? No. Okay. Okay, the Shulchan Aruch says that from Rosh Chodesh until Tishabav, one is only allowed to wash their hands, face, and feet in cold water. And the reason for this, uh, for, for this halacha, the reason that we're limited in such a way, is because one should not have tanug, one should not have the pleasure of washing oneself uh, during this time. Now, what that, the flip side of that is that if the reason that one is bathing is to remove dirt, or the reason one is washing himself is to remove dirt, then it's okay. So if a person is, is, is dirty, and the way to remove the dirt is um, either by washing part of themselves, that's not hands, face, or feet, or um, whatever they are washing requires hot water in order to really get the dirt off, so then one can wash with hot water or wash a different part of the body. Now, uh, when it comes to us uh, Americans, or we Americans, um, the, uh, we are uh, quite a bit more sensitive to um, to just the regular, de- regular everyday buildup of sweat, etc. So the halacha is that one is allowed to make oneself um, not miserable. In other words, if you're a little bit uncomfortable, that's what you're supposed to be. That's uh, being a little bit uncomfortable is is act, is the the it's the intention of this halacha that one should be not, you know, not, not feeling great, not feeling 100%, you know, good with everything. If it goes beyond being a little bit uncomfortable, so then one can take a shower. Now, what does that mean? For every, sing- for every person, it's different. Different people have different sensitivity levels. Uh, and um, if a person feels that they've moved beyond being a little bit uncomfortable into something more than that, then they can take uh, a shower. And a person should have that shower be a little cooler than normal. It should be a little shorter than normal. It should be whatever one needs in order to make oneself functional. If you could get away with just rinsing yourself off without using soap and shampoo, there's certainly a strong inion to doing that. If you need the soap, the shampoo, so then you need it. So um, it's all really, it's, it's, uh, everybody has to use their own personal intellectual uh, integrity from a Torah perspective in order to figure out 
whether or not they need a shower and, um, and how they, sh- they should do so. Somebody who is getting ready for Shabbos, so we uh, allow people to shower with soap and shampoo, uh, etc. for sure for that. So, but otherwise, bottom line is that it really is a serious Shiloh. And in America, most people are um, usually quite sensitive and therefore they require, especially if it's really hot, they require a shower uh, more than just once every nine days. And it's up to a person to kind of decide for themselves where that line is drawn. When it comes to swimming, so then for sure, we do not swim. Even Shlomo Zalman Arbach says, even if a person swims for health, they swim laps, etc. Um, nonetheless, they should not do so. If somebody's physical therapy or something like that, that is a different story. They should ask a shayla. Kids above the age of chenach, which is seven, eight years old, they should already have uh, a sense that there's a lost base hamikdash and something's wrong. So it's for sure also for them to swim. Below the age of chenach, it there's a, there's machlokis about whether or not this isra applies to them. The bottom line is that if a person, uh, if it's boiling hot and kids are bored out of their minds, and you need to put a little swimming pool in the backyard, it's not really swimming. They're getting wet, but it's really just to make them a little more comfortable. So then, that would be okay. Um, a sprinkler is better than a little pool. It's uh, it's not exactly the same thing. Um, and um, you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't do it like on your on your front lawn. It shouldn't be the type of thing where like you do it in front of everybody. So do it in your backyard if if that's what you need to do. Bathing for kids. So um, if you ask them, you might get an answer that they don't need to take a bath. But um, it's a, it kind of has to you have to figure out what their need is. Um, again, based on their comfort level and how dirty they get. Okay, the next iser is the iser of making new garments. So it's very interesting. The, um, the reason that, it's, that one is not allowed to make new garments, and we'll see that it goes just beyond making new garments, but the reason one is not allowed to do that is because um, one of the methods, one of the Hebrew words that describes weaving is the word shesi. And that is a reminder of the Evan Shesia, which is like the foundation stone of the Beis HaMikdash, which was destroyed. So therefore, we don't get involved with Shesi. One is allowed to patch up an old, anything old. You can patch it. You can sew a button on. You can, um, you know, uh, hem fell down. You can fix it up. All those kinds of things are allowed. In fact, there's an old Yushalmi Minog that all, that during the nine days, when there's nothing to do, um, so they used to fix their, their, that's what they used to do, they used to fix their things. They used to save all the sewing that they needed to do for that time. Um, uh, fixing up a shaitel is mutter, but you can't wash it, which I'm told makes it that you, might, you, you really can't do anything with it anyway, if you really want to do whatever you have to do properly. Um, uh, dyeing a shaitel should not be done during the nine days. Uh, to turn it, to, to take a shaitel and to either dye it or to um, cut it and make a new style in it, that's kind of like creating a new baguette. It's not really just fixing up something old, it's really like making something new, and therefore, postkim say that one should uh, avoid that during the nine days. Yeah, I, I just want to get back to what you said previously. So I'm allowed to mend, but I'm not allowed to knit? Correct. Okay. All right. Now, um, needle points. So uh, kids, all those little kids things that, whatever, they get bored of after a couple of seconds, those things are all right, but real, uh, real needle points, 
that really end up becoming things that person puts on their wall or chalakov or something like that. Um, only it's, there's a heter b'shas hatachak. What does that mean? It means if, let's say, there's somebody who's on bed rest or something and they're totally bored out of their mind, so um, then that's maybe something they can do, especially if it's not clothing, it's just going to be a wall decoration. But uh, otherwise, one should not do needle points during this time. We also, based on this halacha, we also do not buy new clothes. Like the, the, unless there is an absolutely tremendous major sale um, that is a rare sale, not just the, the, you know, the monthly 20% off that you get, but if there's a real um, sale that doesn't repeat itself on a regular basis, one is not supposed to be purchasing new clothes, except for Tisha B'Av shoes. If you need those, so Moshe says that one can, um, one can buy them. And we discussed earlier that buying other things that aren't clothing, like a new bookcase or something like that, Rav Moshe was, um, <coughs> says that one really should avoid buying things like that. And if you buy it, don't use it. Um, certainly, uh, it's brought down, don't buy a new shaitel during this time. Um, if, uh, if a person is going away immediately after Tisha B'Av and there's something that they need to, to buy, somebody's going to camp like right after Tisha B'Av or going away, and it's got to be bought beforehand. So then, as long as one avoids Shavuah Shachalbo, there is a, the week that, like the, the, from the Shabbos right before Tisha B'Av, the, the halachas get a lot more tighter than the nine days themselves, and one should um, at least take care of that need, or if one can get the sale, if let's say it's a weekend sale and they have to buy something during that sale, so go on Friday, don't wait till Sunday, because Sunday is the Shavuah Shachalbo, better to get it before that. Okay, that's the Isser of making and um, have and uh, buying new garments. Um, lastly, and most uh, prominently probably in a lot of our lives, is the Isser of Kibos, of laundering and wearing freshly laundered clothing. So this Isser applies to clothes, linen, towels, tablecloths, um, all those kinds of things. It's usher, it's usher to wash, iron, press, and dry clean all of those things. What you can do is you can dry things. If somebody, if, if a kid has, uh, uh, if there are towels that are just wet and they're gonna, you know, and you, to put something in a dryer is not considered laundering it, it's just considered drying it. So if somebody has something that's wet, a bath towel or something, and they just want to get it dry so that they could put it away somewhere and not have to leave it around, so then um, one, can, well, one can dry them. Uh, if the button of the machine was pushed before shkia, even if it runs on, during the nine days, in other words, what is considered the act of laundering? The act of laundering nowadays is pushing the button, pulling it in, pulling it out, whatever it is. Um, doing that is the act of laundering. So right up until the last second before sundown, one can you know, push the button. And even though the, the, the load is running throughout um, during you know, the Beinah during that evening, during that nighttime, it is still, uh, is still okay. Yeah, yeah, same thing, same thing. Um, it's the same thing also, by the way, Rosh Chodesh. Like if your husband just pushes the button, you're good. That's the act of laundering. So like, if you should make him do everything else, but if you don't, so then 
um, you could put everything, get everything else ready and just have them push the button and you have not done laundering during uh, on Rosh Chodesh. But we can only wear those clothes if we do Operation Clothing Sponsor or something. Or, or Shabbos. We'll, we'll talk about when you can wear them, okay? It's fine. Well, we'll get we'll get to it. All right. Okay. You can spot clean stuff. In other words, if there is a spot that's dirty on something, um, you can spot clean it. That is not what is intended um, with this iser. Uh, shining shoes for Shabbos. That's um, that's considered all right during the nine days. If a person has lots of guests and they don't have lots of linen and lots of towels, so then one is allowed to um, wash and use fresh linen um, for those guests. It could be that the guest may want to, uh, I don't know, take his shoes off and jump around on the bed a little bit before getting in it so that it's not fresh for themselves. But as far as you're concerned, you can use um, fresh linen and you can wash, wash it for them. Uh, but the flip side, you can't do that for yourself. In other words, it's only for them, not for you. Uh, we do not wear Shabbos clothes during the nine days. Um, they're off limits during that whole week because they always... It's considered like as if they always are fresh and f- or they feel fresh. If there's a simcha, so then um, very, very, very extremely close relatives of the baby that's having a bris or the bar mitzvah boy or whatever, they can um, wear Shabbos clothes. But somebody who goes to a simcha um, does not. Kids clothes. Kids who constantly dirty themselves. One is allowed to wash their clothing um, during the nine days. Now, let's say um, they are older than the age that constantly dirty themselves, but yet somehow they still manage to constantly get dirty, or at least that day, of course, manage to get all their clothes dirty. So then, if the kid is below 12, 13, 12 for a girl, boy for, uh, 13 for a boy, so then until Shavu Shechalbo, until, again, until that Sunday, they can, during the nine days, during that first part of the nine days, they can, if a person's stuck, they can wash um, the clothing. Once they hit bar mitzvah or bas mitzvah, all bets are off. Wearing freshly laundered clothes are a problem. So therefore, what we do is we put clothes on before. We pre-wear them. How long? So the point is that whatever you're wearing is no longer considered fresh. You have to do something that maybe you sweat in it a little, you certainly take the, the, the sharpness out of it. And um, so for something like a jacket, you probably have to wear it for a while. For something like a shirt, you have to wear it for less amount of time. Um, that, those, those are the things that have to be um, pre-worn. If, uh, if, if you have a, a non-Jewish cleaning lady who's going, who starts taking your laundry to wash it, you, you must stop them. You are not allowed to let them um, wash your stuff. Allah is tzarech limchos, you have to stop them. If you're running out of clothes and you haven't tried on enough or your kids haven't tried on enough, so then on Shabbos, we, it's mutter to wear fresh clothes. So on Shabbos, you can wear a bunch of things that may end up being handy during the week. So you, you have to, like, again, this is like, you, you're not allowed to do hachana on Shabbos for a week. You're not allowed to prepare on Shabbos for the weekday. But so you can't like, you know, you can't wear something that would very obviously not be uh, Shabbos stick. Um, But something that maybe could be worn on Shabbos afternoon, 
So then, if you wear it for an hour on Shabbos afternoon, you wear it, you know, after lunch, before you take a nap, or after your nap, before you shower, you know, you just, to, to wear something and change more often than you normally would, that is, that's all right. If, um, if another, if a person runs out of freshly worn clothes, you could, there's a hatter to put them on the floor. Um, you do not have to make them dirty. You don't have to like find a dirty part of your floor. You can take a clean part of your floor and just, the idea is again to get the freshness out of them. So a lot of times if something's just been on the floor and not been, you know, held straight, not on the hanger anymore, but just thrown down, that could kind of take the freshness out of it. There's no need to really, uh, you know, you don't have to get them uh, dirty. One is allowed to pick up clothing from the cleaners. If you have clothes that are ready, you can go get them. Just don't wear them. If you have something that you are afraid is going to become moldy, that you have, uh, you have clothes, that, uh, towels that got wet and they're sitting around and you don't have a place to hang them all out, and you can wash them in order to avoid a hefzit. In other words, if you think that if you wait till after the nine days, you are going to have to throw these towels out or throw this stuff out because it's just going to become gross, then you can wash it. Don't use it after you wash it, but you can wash it in order to prevent a hefzit. If a kid comes back from camp during the nine days, so if they've got nothing else to wear, or likely the clothes are going to get wrecked if you leave them alone, so then you can, um, you, can, um, you can wash them. If you run out of clothes, if you're an adult and you run out of clothes, um, any type of clothes, then the bottom line is that you should really think about it now and then don't let it happen. You shouldn't let it happen to you. If it does happen, then you have to ask a shyla. It depends what it is, when it is. Um, and uh, a lot of different details in the situation, but a person should ask a shayla in such a case. Okay, we're, I'm, I just, okay. we're running out of time. I just got to... Okay, Erev Tishabov, uh, in the afternoon, things get a little more intense. That velus descends a, a little deeper. At that time, it is also when it's forbidden to learn Torah that is not the Tishabov type of Torah, unless there's going to be, um, you know, a major bitl Torah or something, but um, even, uh, even men don't learn um, regular things. They move to things that are more have to do with Tishabov. One should not take a pleasure walk during on Tishabov afternoon. If a person um, you know exercises every day for health, and the only time that they could possibly do it is in the afternoon, so then then it's okay. But um, a pleasure walk one should not one shouldn't take. Um, a person who is drinking water for the intention of being hydrated. They are not thirsty at all. If your only intention is to be hydrated, you do not make a shahakal on the water. We only make a, we only make a, a shahakal on water if, and a bar if the person is um, thirsty, if they're really thirsty, and they're, they're getting a, a hana, they're getting a benefit from it. If all they're doing is just trying to get the, the, the liquid in their body uh, to a higher percentage, so then one does not make uh, a bracha. So that's just a good thing to keep in mind. A lot of people drink for that reason. We um, generally have a meal um, in the afternoon in which we eat as much as we want. In a lot of places, that's before mincha. And then after mincha, towards nightfall, although I don't, I don't remember what the schedule is over here. I don't know if we separate it with mincha. But if you don't separate it with mincha, there has to be a serious, you know, a nice amount of time between meal number one and its conclusion, and then the start of what we call the Sudam Hafsekes. The Sudam Hafsekes, there are different minhagim, what people do, but the basic minhag is to have bread, a hard-boiled egg, 
Some people have lentils, but the idea is only one cooked dish and um, dip, the, so dip the bread, they dip the, the, the egg in ashes. And they say this is the Tisha B'Av meal. Um, the minog is to eat it on the floor. Uh, one is allowed at that time to also be drinking water, tea, or coffee, or um, whatever they want. A person should avoid at that, don't like to, you know, you don't have to drink soda there. You, you, you could avoid pleasure, pleasure drinks, more just things that are, again are mild, not super pleasurable types of drinks. And um, you don't have mints together to make a mizumin. Okay, on Tishabov. Tishabov, there is uh, very obviously, there's an iser to uh, eat and drink. It starts at, at Shkia, it starts at, at sundown, whatever the time is. I, I didn't look uh, before and see what exact time it was. But um, if someone is, so who's required to fast? So uh, we, first of all, there's, there's no real such thing as um, kids fasting. If you're under bar and bas mitzvah, um, we generally don't, are not mechanach kids in fasting. We don't do that. Um, if someone is, technically, if someone is a chola she'in bo sakana, if somebody is a chola in which there is no, there's, there's no danger to life, um, but they're sick, they are not required to fast. Not like Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, you have to be a chola she'yesh bo sakana, you have to be a, a chola where there's actual danger in fasting. When it comes to Tishabov, it's only midrabana, so therefore it is um, lighter. If, and you have to ask, because it's got to be a situation where it, it will matter, in other words, if the sickness, the, the minhag is that if the sickness is not going to be affected by your fasting, so then we try to fast anyway. That is the, that is the accepted minhag in Klal that even though technically somebody could say, oh, I have, you know, I don't know, some sort of infection, and therefore technically maybe I'm considered a chola, we, uh, nonetheless, we still try um, to fast. If someone, if a woman is pregnant or nursing, um, they fast unless it can hurt the baby. The, maybe you want to fast, but I bet your baby doesn't want you to, or doesn't want to themselves. Um, a woman who feels, so a woman who is either pregnant or nursing, who feels lightheaded or dizzy should just, I mean, you can try to ask Shiloh right away, but um, if you can't get it, Done, just drink. Just drink right away. Um, they're already uh, being being pregnant or nursing is already. Um, it's we do fast, but if there's any sort of slight chashash, any sort of suspicion that there may be a medical issue that would affect, especially would affect the the, the baby. So then, um, we just we drink first and ask questions later. Uh, Lamaisa, if somebody is really sick, so then we do allow them to, if somebody is ill, they can eat and drink regularly. If a person will get sick, and others are some, some people have a situation where they feel okay, and if they eat on a regular basis, then they're good. But, um, you know, if, as, as soon as they fast, so right now they feel great, they're not sick. But if they fast for six hours, all of a sudden their, their body's going to start doing crazy things to them. So then, the, what we do is that we, drew, we have pachos mikashir, that there is a, a small amount that having that amount is not considered um, officially 100% breaking one's fast. And we do that in order to, um, uh, the person can still be considered to a certain extent fasting. 
Now, again, that's only for a person who's really okay unless they fast. But a person who is sick can, um, can break their fast. Uh, a person is allowed to dry swallow pills. If you can pull off a dry swallow of Advil or caffeine pills, good for you because uh, you're going to feel better than everybody else. So um, if, if a person has medications that they need to take and they need a drop of water, so then again, the drop of water, less than an ounce of water, um, is, is okay to, to do that as well. But a person who can schedule their pill taking so that they take it, if it's a once a day type of thing, and they could take it right before Tisha B'Av and right after Tisha B'Av, if they can do that without, again, if there's any uh, possibility of them har- harming themselves, they shouldn't even bother trying to do that. But if they, you can do that, so then obviously that is the, the best thing to, to do. If somebody smokes, and shame on you. And also, then it's also usher to smoke um, till chatzos. Okay, that is one iser, so eating and drinking. Another iser is rechitza. So as much as there was a limitation on bathing, washing, etc. during the nine days, that is nothing compared to what we do on Tisha B'av. On Tisha B'av, one may not wet any part of their um, body. One is allowed to wash to remove dirt. That's number one. Or um, le, le tzorach, um mitzvah. For instance, if uh, the example given is if a person is going to do pigeon shvuyan and they have to swim through a river, so then they can go ahead and do that. Or if they are preparing food. If you're preparing food for after the fast and you have to get your hands wet, so then that's also all right. If a person is like washing dishes, they have a, a sink full of dishes, and it's Tisha B'Av afternoon and they want to wash them, they should wear gloves so that they are not wetting their hands for a, a non-Tisha B'Av or immediate multi-Tisha B'Av uh, purpose. By Negovasser, so we wash a person, some people do three on each hand, some people do four on each hand. It's until the end of the fingers, until those knuckles. If now, while there are, maybe there are some people who can get it exactly right, if you are going to make a mistake, you should make a mistake on the side of too much water as opposed to too little water. So instead of you know, missing closer to the tip of your finger, miss closer to your wrist um, and make sure that you wash the entire area that's supposed to be washed. Um, after going to the bathroom, so a person in that situation, a person is chayv to wash their hands and so therefore one can do so as well. Um, if uh, a person touches their shoes, so it's brought down the Shabura to only wash the tips of one's fingers, only wash the part of one's fingers that actually touched uh, the shoes. Um, washing out one's mouth should not be done unless one has tremendous tsar, unless one is in really a lot of agony from uh, whatever th- the, their mouth feels like, so then um, otherwise one should really avoid it. If you do so, it's, it's a little more intense than on a regular tannis, which also we, 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 we back off from it a little bit, but if a person really has, uh, if it's really, they can't deal with it, so then you can wash out your mouth, but you should lean forward, try to use mouthwash actually is better because then there's less, much less of a chance a person's gonna be tempted to perhaps swallow something. Okay, the other iser, next iser is sicha, smearing. We don't smear things on ourselves, so that knocks makeup out of there. And um, it's only also if a person is doing it latanog, if a person is doing it for pleasure purposes. So deodorant, which is really more of a preventative measure, 
is mutter, a person who likes to wear who likes to use hand cream a lot. So, if you have chapped hands and you really have a problem, and if you don't use it for the whole time, so then you're you know you're, you can have cuts and etc. So then that's more of a medical need, and then one is allowed to do it. It's not for pleasure. If you just like having super soft hands, so then don't use it on Tisha B'av. Ni'ilas hasandal is the next dessert. Um, leather shoes are aser. One should not wear leather shoes. Imitation leather is mutter min hadin, but there is, some posts can really think that there is a maris ayin problem. If it really looks real, so then uh, it gives people the wrong impression. If leather is used on your shoe as a decoration, so then it's okay, but if it's giving support, so then it is aser. So if you're sure that it's just a, uh, you know, uh, a decorative type of thing, so then you are right. You're, you are all right. Leather orthotics are an issue. They are an issue. One should ask a shayla um, about them. Um, uh, under chinech age, um, we say that it's better for them to just wear something else. They have cracks, so then they probably want to wear them anyway. But um, if they, for whatever reason, need that leather shoe, so then it would be okay. When it comes to limud haTorah, the only thing that one is allowed to do is they're allowed to have the sad, quote unquote, the sadder parts of, of limud haTorah, learning about the korban beis hamikdash, the the uh, midrashim or gemaras that talk about why the beis hamikdash was destroyed, etc., or inspirational types of things, um, which is, I guess, all those what all the videos are all about. Um, so we don't, so to say psukim, that is a problem. So anything that is a normal part of a tefillah, I mean, our, our davening is full of psukim, we say shema, I mean, we say lots of things that are psukim. So anything that's a normal part of davening is okay, even though it's psukim. But something like the shir shalyom, I don't know if any of you have ever been to shacharis, but we, we don't say it at shacharis, we wait until mincha to say the shir shalyom, because it's not something that must be said at Shachris. Kriya Shema Lamita, if a person always says all of those Pesukim and, and uh, you know, Kapitach Tehillim, etc., so then you could do so. But if you don't, on a reg if you don't every single day, so then there's a big machlokas about whether it's allowed, so therefore one should not make Tisha B'Av one of the days that they say it. Saying Tehillim, unless there's an Ace Tzara or a Chola that really, really needs it, um, so then one should avoid it. Um, certainly Tisha B'Av night, one should probably not say Tehillim, and um, after Chatzos, um, it would be okay, but again, only if it's part of your regular Seder Hayom, other if it's part of what you regularly do. Otherwise, just because you, have, you happen to have free time doesn't mean that that's what you should be doing at that time, even though, um, you know, maybe you feel like you want to. Yeah? What we do if we do the Tehillim every day at 9 o'clock? Not that night. Not the Tisha B'Av night, but even... The next night? Like... Like that afternoon. Not, not, like, um, not the day we say just know. before the fast. Not the night of Echa. Right. The next night. Correct. Before the end of the fast. Correct. Yeah, it's alright. That's okay. Yeah. Um, okay. There's an isra of she'ilah shalom, greeting people. The basic halacha is not to say shalom aleichem to someone else. That's what we don't say. So. Nowadays, we've replaced Shalom Aleichem with hello or good morning or something like that. So first of all, to nod to someone, see them, give them a nod, that's fine. That's not um, saying anything. Saying good night to someone, 
is fine. You, have to, you could say goodnight to your kids. You could say goodnight to anybody you want because people wouldn't normally, you know, kiss their kids and say Shalom Aleichem. That's, you know, since, so since it's not a Shalom Aleichem replacement, one can um, say it. To say hello on a telephone. So um, I've I, uh, heard B'Shem of David Feinstein that it's okay because when you say hello on a phone, you're not saying Shalom Aleichem because, for all you know, it's a telemarketer. It's just a way of saying, I picked up the phone. And just, so therefore, that word hello is not a shalom aleichem a replacement. To give a bracha to someone else, to say mazel tov to someone else, that's fine. If there's a simcha and you see someone for the first time and it happens to be on Tisha B'av, you are allowed to say mazel tov. It's, it's, it's not a shalom aleichem and therefore it is mutter. There is what we call an iser malacha on Tisha B'av. And what that means is that until chatzos, malacha is aser, meaning things that are distracting and take time, one should not do. So we don't wash dishes, we don't um, uh, get involved in housework and uh, things like that. We do not do them um, because that, that's, that's something that you just get involved with. And you know, maybe on Tisha B'Av you're doing it because you just want to pass the time. That's exactly wrong. A person should be spending the time on Tisha B'Av, as hard as it may be, focusing on what Tisha B'Av is all about, as opposed to t- being busy with things. So therefore, um, that is the, that's the nature of the Isra Malacha. Now, if your kid um, spills a, a bag of sugar and then starts sprinkling water all over it on your kitchen floor, so you don't have to say, oh, I'm not going to take care of it now, because then it's going to, you know, mess you up for in the long term so you can clean up like a, a bad mess or something like that if if you know a problem is going to come from it but just to you know to to, to do one's normal um stuff that one should not do um the after chatzos there are two different minhagen the basic halacha is that we paskin that one can do these kinds of malachos after chatzos but it's commendable not to and in fact, that one should really, you know, if you do something, don't get so involved in it. People, you know, should avoid going to work if they have to go to work. So you have to, you have to, but uh, it's a type of thing where if it's optional, Chazal tell us, in a row simon bracha. It's not the type of thing that gets, uh, that the person sees bracha from. A person, uh, of course, you are allowed to prepare for the meal, whatever preparation is necessary for post Tisha B'Av, um, one can do. Sitting and schmoozing, even though you can say like, well, listen, I'm going to get, you know, I'm not going to do any malacha today. I'm just going to sit and talk all day to my, to, you know, to my friends. So that is also obviously not what's intended over here. You know, probably better that you actually accomplish something than just um, do that all day. We also do not sit on something high um, from the night through chatzot. Now, the reason for this halacha is that the nighttime is the time, the nighttime in the morning are the time of saying Echa and Kinos. Echa and Kinos are things that should be said when one is sitting on the floor. There are people that like to kind of like, uh, you know, just wander around or stand up the whole time. So if you need to because you really have, you know, a back problems, then fine. But if one is just trying to be a little more comfortable, that's, that's not the intention. You really should be trying to sit on the floor during that time. So um, we are, you know, again, we're more sensitive. So we, um, so the halacha is that we sit within three tefachim of the ground. Um, it's measured anywhere from ten and a half inches to twelve inches. So if you have something that is that short, 
um, you can sit on that. You don't have to be directly on the floor. Um, even someone who says kinnis after chatzos, let's say in the morning you're busy or you woke up late and you, you're, you're, you have a, f- you know, f- a few minutes free in the afternoon and that's when you're saying kinnis, so that's when you're saying eicha. Um, so you should sit on the floor, even though it's a time where technically it's, it's chair time again, but for saying kinos, one should, uh, one should be on the floor. Matzai Tishabav, since the Beis Mikdash really only got going, the burning of the Beis Mikdash only got going towards the end of the ninth of Av, and burned through the whole tenth of Av, so therefore we um, are no Hegavelos on that tenth day of Av, so just because Tishabav is over, it doesn't mean we're out of the woods yet. We still have n- nine days, um, ha- nine day halachas through that next uh, through that next morning till Chatzos. But just realize that it's much more kal. There, it's much more lenient at that time. It's really um, in halacha. It's it's on a it's on a different level than the rest of Tishabav. So therefore, if somebody is going on vacation. Or again, they have some sort of need to get going with the laundry earlier. Um, then one can ask a shaila. It's it's much lighter, much easier to get a hatter to be able to do laundry or go shopping or take care of something like that during that time period if there is a need. Of course, anybody who can wait till chatzos must wait till chatzos. But anyone who can't, so then ask a shaila and um, you know laundry. If somebody's super uncomfortable showering, all those things. Um, could be uh, could be mutter. Okay.